You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast, the podcast for modern leaders who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. I'm a master teacher and coach, and I'm obsessed with helping you avoid burnout, create a sustainable lifestyle, and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. You'll hear inspiring stories of possibility from my guests, and you'll get empowering strategies from me to support you in creating and living your own stellar life. Hello, and welcome to the Being Stellar podcast. I am your host, master teacher and coach, Deborah Stellingworth, and today we are going to talk about the five questions you can ask yourself anytime you need to reset and recalibrate and get yourself back into alignment so that you can be creating and living your stellar life. Let's get started. We all need from time to time a reset and a recalibration. And there are a couple of times a year when that happens naturally in the calendar. We've got the September reset that occurs when summer's winding down and school and the school year are winding up. Whether or not you've got kids in school or going to school yourself, we are also conditioned to follow that schedule, um, which makes sense because originally the school year was designed to support the agricultural calendar so that, um, you know, in the summertime you're working hard in the fields and you're gathering things. And then in the September, the kids were not needed so much on the farm. And so they were able to go to school, of course, depending on the location. So that's a one time we do a reset. Another time that we do a reset is in January. Again, after a time of rest and festivities and restoration, we get an opportunity to reset and recalibrate and get ourselves busy again, um, doing the the things that we're wanting to create in the world, um, back to work in a, um, in a more full capacity of focused on work as opposed to rest and play in those seasons. Another time of the year that we actually um, do a reset is after spring break. So whether or not you have kids in school, spring does trigger a type of reset for us. And you know, you've probably experienced it when you've got this overwhelming urge to spring clean, right? To clean out your wardrobe, to declutter, and you may do that in your home or you may do that in your life. And so there are three times when it's kind of built in to the natural rhythm of our collective calendar to do a reset. And we can do that reset recalibration anytime with the five questions that I'm going to share with you today that will allow you to do that reset recalibration, regardless of the time of year. And, um, or even during those times when you're like, I just need to reset in a minute. I need to step back and take a look at how things are going. Um, especially when you're feeling a little bit off kilter and a little bit like you've been sucked into the, um, the whirlpool that is hustle culture. And when you're realizing, wow, I'm spinning here, I'm spiraling and I'm getting pulled into that hustle culture. It's so great to take a pause and ask yourself these questions that I'm going to share with you today. So question number one, are there any unresolved conflicts in my life, my business or work, or my desires? 
Now let's break that down because that's actually a quite a complex question with three parts. Are there any unresolved conflicts in my life? So that could refer to actual relationship conflicts. Perhaps there's someone in your life you need to mend things with, or um, if it's not possible to mend things, to at least come to some kind of completion and resolution on your own. Because those things, when they're left unresolved, can eat away at us as unresolved loops. And the author, I think it's David Allen of Getting Things Done, he talks about the loops in our brain. And when we have uncompleted tasks or assignments or unresolved conflicts, our brain will keep returning to it. And that takes energy. And so that leaks energy that could be used for something much more productive in whatever it is you're wanting to create in your life. So look at those unresolved conflicts in your relationships. Maybe it's with your kid or your partner or your parent. Um, Maybe it's a friend. But that's triggering a thought for you as you hear me talk about unresolved conflicts, then maybe there's somebody you need to talk to. And maybe, again, it's not the person. Maybe it's a you work it through with a coach or a counselor or a therapist and you come to a place of releasing that for yourself. The next part of the question is, is there any unresolved conflicts in my business or my work, I'm going to say business or work because I realize that I have listeners who are not entrepreneurs and are also in leadership roles because I do serve two demographics and those are um, entrepreneurs and leaders in organizations. And not to say that entrepreneurs aren't leaders because if you've heard me talk about it before, you know I feel very strongly about that, that entrepreneurs, you are also leaders. Whether or not you ever lead a team, you're in a leadership role and that's what you signed up for. And so we want to ask that question back to my question. What are the unresolved? Are there any unresolved conflicts in your business or in your work? So if it's in your business, it could be that you are out of alignment in something that you're doing. Perhaps there's a product or service that you have been offering that you no longer want to offer but you just keep doing it because it's habit, because you've done it and it's just easier just to keep going and doing the same thing, even though you're not feeling right about it anymore. And that's an unresolved conflict. So um, I have a client who, for example, um, is trying to transition her coaching business from one to one to one to many and do group programs. And she's got systems in place that make it so easy for her to just keep enrolling one-on-one clients. And then what happens is she's drained of energy and doesn't have time to create the space internally and energetically to shift her business. So there's definitely a conflict there for her. She's struggling with it and it's unresolved as yet until she's ready to actually, you know, draw a line in the sand and say, that's it. I'm going to shift and I'm going to take that, that leap and make that transition. If you are not an entrepreneur and you're in a leadership role, perhaps the unresolved conflict in your work is that maybe you're doing something you don't want to do. Maybe you're in a role that doesn't quite connect you and allow you to be in your zone of genius fully or even enough of the time. And so maybe there's an opportunity for you to speak to a supervisor, a boss, and 
create some strategies for you to be moving more into your zone of genius. You know, we live in a day and age that's so beautiful that we live in a time that even when you're working for someone else, if you take initiative, you can often negotiate a redesigning and a creation of your role in a way that suits the company and your needs. Now, I know that's not the, not true for everyone everywhere, and there are opportunities to grow within your space. People often feel like, oh, I don't like my job. I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I've got to find a different job. And sometimes that is true. And other times you can resolve the conflict by renegotiating the, the terms of your relationship with your employer and with your job. So that's one way that you could um, resolve that conflict in your work. Perhaps it's a conflict with a leader or supervisor who, or a direct report who, you know, you keep having misunderstandings with. And maybe there's an opportunity there for you to resolve that conflict by uh, creating clear agreements. Now, I'm going to be talking about clear, clear agreements is coming up actually in another podcast episode coming up very soon. I'm going to talk about the difference between agreements and expectations and the implications of each and the distinction between them. Stay tuned for that. And for now, really be thinking about what comes to mind for you when I talk, when I ask you the question, are there any unresolved conflicts in your business or your work? And then finally, are there any unresolved conflicts in your desires? Now, for some of us like myself, who is, I'm a, I'm a worker. I'm a worker bee. I love my job. I love the work I do when I usually my desires for something more involve more work. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I can get sucked into hustle culture and I have to be very careful about that. But what I'm talking about here is those unresolved desires. And maybe it is in your work, by the way, maybe there's something you're wanting to do. Maybe there's something you want to explore. Um, actually, as I'm recording this podcast right now, here's a great example of an unresolved desire or a desire that is being resolved right now. My dear, dear husband is uh, on a huge adventure right now. He's riding his bicycle to California. Yes, I said bicycle, not motorbike, bicycle. And he's camping along the way. And this is a big dream of his to do this. And I'm so glad he didn't invite me along because it's not my thing. And I'm so proud of him that he is doing this epic adventure for himself, that he is resolving the desire right? Allowing himself to do that. Cause for a while he was like, he's, you know, he struggled with the, um, is it okay for him to do this? Is it okay for him to take a month for himself? And I'm like, absolutely. And so, you know, it's really a good idea. If you've got a desire to do something big like that, an adventure that maybe your partner doesn't want to go along with, or you're kind of wondering, well, maybe that's selfish. When we label our desires as selfish, they tend to remain unresolved. And so it's really valuable to have a look at where are those desires not being resolved or not being met? Because usually behind a desire is a need, um, a need or a, a longing, a pulling towards your own growth, towards your own expansion. And so really a rich question there, that three-part you got three for one in that first question of, are there any unresolved conflicts in your life, your business, your work, or your desires? Okay. Ask yourself that when you're wanting a reset. Question number two, and this dovetails really nicely from the uh, final part of the first question about your desires is what do I really 
really want? What will I work for without letting minor problems or annoyances become excuses for quitting or letting that desire go? And this is such an important question to be asking ourselves regularly, especially when we want to do a reset, of course, um, but also just on a regular basis. What do you want? And I find that many of us go through life not asking ourselves this question because we are conditioned by our culture, perhaps our families, and I'm not saying our families do it on purpose, but you know, our families condition us to not focus so much on what we want, but on what we should do. And you know how I feel about shoulds. I've talked about that before. When we're ready, ready to stop shoulding ourselves, we can move into considering what do we really, really want? This is something that I work on constantly on myself with my own coach. And I find it comes up often with my coaching clients as well. And one of the exercises that I give them is to write down a hundred things that you want. What are a hundred things that you desire and want? Now you don't have to do anything about it. You may decide that you don't want to do anything and take any action about that thing you want. So it's not about writing down a hundred things that you must do. It's about hundred things that you desire and allowing yourself to be in the desire. In fact, I think I did a podcast episode about this re- uh, a while ago, last spring, about allowing yourself to want it. And it's an important muscle to exercise is to allow for that desire and to ask yourself, what do I want? Because you might discover that something that you're doing is not what you want anymore. And that's okay, right? Um, if you want to change your job or change your relationship or change where you live, whatever that is, it's okay to want something different. Now there's value in looking back and remembering and being grateful for what you have and remembering when you wanted what you have now and it's okay to still want it and it's okay to not want it anymore. It's okay to have that desire complete. Actually, Marie Kondo comes to mind. You know, she, she's really clear on that. If you, you got something you really desired, let's say it's a, I don't know, a purse and you've got this purse and you just wanted it so badly at the time, but you don't use it anymore. And you don't have to keep it just because you wanted it so bad at the time, you can allow yourself to be complete with that. You can say, thank you so much for the joy you've brought me. I'm going to send you off into the world to bring joy to someone else. Okay. And there's some great places in Vancouver where you can donate things like that, by the way, my sister's closet is one that comes to mind. So, you know, no, the purse is just an example though, of what you might want to release and it's okay to not want it anymore. But when you're resetting, let's talk about what you do really, really want that you're going to work for and willing to do no matter how difficult it gets. Okay. Moving on to question number three, when you're thinking about a reset and how to recalibrate yourself in your business, in your work, in your life, question number three, let's start with this one. What is working? What do you want to keep doing? So maybe you're working out every morning and it's making you feel great. Let's keep that. Maybe you've set aside time every day to meditate or to write in your journal or like me to write your book and it's working because it's making you feel good. Let's keep that. If it's a system in your business that is really working, 
you know, getting you a lot of business and, and revenue in your business. Well, of course, let's keep that. Let's make sure we keep doing it. Sometimes what can happen is we can get busy. We can get caught up in the the busyness, and you know how I feel about the word busy, but it's the best one at this moment. We get caught up in that and we can actually just let those things that are working slip away. I was in a conversation yesterday with a client who found that he was letting his lunchtime gym visit slip off his calendar because clients were making requests. And we know, he knows, that it works for him to take a break in the middle of the day to go to the gym. It energizes him. It allows him to have some time to reset and refocus in the middle of his day and just gives him that what we call Edison time. Now, Thomas Edison is known for, and I've mentioned this before, known for going fishing every day. And he never put bait on the line because his fishing was all about just giving himself some time to be doing something where other people would leave him alone. For my client, it's going to the gym at noon, right? Give himself that time to be in his body and just to let ideas come as they will without really concentrating on anything. And so he knows that's working. He's going to keep it. What's working for you that you know you want to keep that could easily or sometimes does get slipping out of your calendar or out of your schedule when other things kind of impose themselves. So think about that and recommit to keeping whatever that is. Question number four, what's not working? What should you stop doing immediately? So last week I was on my mastermind call and my, my dear friend, Nicole, um, from Nicole talks about love which I will have her on the podcast at some time soon, I hope, to talk about relationships and, and uh, all the things that she does around love and relationships and dating. And she shared that and, and invited the rest of us to participate in it, was she was going to be off social media for September. And what she had done is set up the, uh, the focus timer or the uh, screen time limitations on the iPhone, which I kind of knew in the back of my mind those existed, but I've never used them. And I'm usually pretty good about not spending too much time on social media, or so I thought. And I'm trying to write a book right now. So I have found myself wanting to distract myself sometimes from the hard work of writing a book. And I will go down a rabbit hole on YouTube or Instagram and waste time there. It's interesting how sometimes we will do those things for, to ourselves because our brain is designed to keep us alive. And anything that is struggle feels like danger and our brain doesn't want to do it, right? It's want the path of least resistance. And so I've watched myself, even though I'm really excited about writing this book, I've got some great things I want to share, put out into the world and I'm resisting doing the work. It's funny. But all that to tell you is what I found what was not working for me was having easy access to social media and YouTube. So I wanted to stop doing that immediately. And so I put the focus timer on. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know if it's called the focus timer. Let me just look at my phone and I'll tell you what it's called. It is, um, the, the, uh, in settings, if you go in settings and you go to uh, screen time, that's the thing you go to screen time and then you can put limits on how long you can access the apps. And I put a 15 minute limit in. It's amazing how quickly 15 minutes disappears when you're on social media and you get the notification that that's it. Time's up. 
And I was like, wow, I had the story that I wasn't spending much time on social media, but putting that, that screen timer on has shown me how much time I was actually wasting. And so I'm going to guesstimate that I probably bought myself back at least an hour, probably more per day by putting that screen timer on. So that wasn't working for me and I was going to stop it immediately. And I'm so glad I did that because I, I just have all this energy. I'm like, my house is clean. Writing is going well. It's just amazing. So what are you going to stop doing? Maybe you'll join me with the social media uh, screen time challenge. And if you don't like it, calling it a challenge, just call it a commitment. All right. So that's question number four. Number five, what will you start doing immediately to make the most of your time? At the time I'm recording this, this is, uh, we're in the beginning of September. So I would ask, what are you going to do to make the most of what's left of the year? You put whatever time frame you want to put on that. It might be at the beginning of the year, you might say, what will I start doing immediately to make the most of this year? Right? Or what am I going to start doing immediately to make the, the most of what's left of the year? Up to you. The key is what are you going to start doing that's going to improve your life, your business, or your work? and asking yourself that question. So for me, when I went through this exercise recently, as we moved into September, it was, I was going to start focusing on writing at least 30 minutes a day, first thing in the morning, which meant I actually had to adjust my routine a little bit. Cause those of you who've listened to earlier episodes, you know, I'm like, I'm very disciplined and that can lead to rigidity. So one of my strengths is discipline, but the dark side of that strength is I can get quite rigid about my schedule. And so I get up in the morning, I do some stretches, I drink my, my drinks that I drink. Um, I, that sounds like I drink cocktails in the morning. I don't. I actually drink a, a prebiotic type drink. And then I do my meditation and then I would do exercise and then I would try to do other stuff. And I found that I didn't feel like writing and I didn't feel like being as creative when I was exercising first. So I've just switched it. And I exercise after my 30 to 45 minutes writing session and it's really going well. So for me, it was a start committing to daily writing because I want to write this book and I wasn't doing the daily writing because I hadn't actually adjusted my routine for it. I just like, I just wanted to do it, but I hadn't done anything to create space for it or to be intentional. So now every morning I'm looking at, okay, well, if I'm up at six today and I have a call at nine how much time do I have to do these things? And when do I need to be in the shower by so I can be ready for the call? So, you know, that for me was what I need to start doing for you. It might be eating more healthy, might be exercising. Maybe it's time for you to start, I don't know, writing your book. Maybe it's time for you to start having more open conversations with your partner. Maybe it's time for you to start creating clearer agreements with your clients or with your boss or with your direct reports, whoever that might be. So I know that, you know, I'm trying to give you some examples to sort of, you know, prime the pumps for you and to give you some ideas, but I'll bet when I ask you, what are you going to start doing an idea bubbled up in your mind? Because you know, already, you already know, you know, what works for you. You know what you're not doing that you could be doing that would make a big difference in you creating a more stellar life for yourself. And remember a stellar life is not a perfect life. It's a life where you are leaning into your growth, your possibilities. You are becoming the person that 
you were meant to be, the person you are inside, but that society or family or your own saboteurs has caused you to dim and hide. And my longing for you is that you'll step more into your stellar life, that you will take these questions to reset and recalibrate whenever you need them so that you can create a more and more stellar life for yourself. Because when you do that, when you expand into your stellar life, guess what happens? Other people around you will be impacted by that and they'll be inspired and then they'll step into their stellar life. And then together we change the world. And you know that that's what I'm about is helping change the world one person at a time. You know, there's a lot going on that we can't control, but we can control our own lives. We have choices every day about who we're going to be, what we're going to create. And these five questions are a great way for you to be in choice. And so I hope you will take them and use them as often as you need. Rinse and repeat and keep being stellar. And I will see you again really, really soon. Bye for now. 